We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What is going on, everybody? Welcome to Striking Gold, your 49ers podcast on the Blue Wire Network. My name is Rob Lauder. I cover the 49ers for all of you fine folks on the other end of the damn speaker. Let's go. Anyways, love you. We're here. We're here. I mean, I, I can't say that any more emphatically. We're here. Training camp has officially begun. Veterans reported. Rookies reported last week. And we are we're here. Practice starts tomorrow. I am recording this on a Tuesday evening, and um, the real news starts tomorrow. And to me, like I've told you guys a couple times, I always look at the start of training camp like the start of the season. And yes, I know actual real football doesn't start for quite some time. But what are we a few weeks out from like the Hall of Fame game where we're actually watching football? It might be preseason football. I'm going to Google that right now. Now that I think about it, Hall of Fame game 2023. Thursday, August 3rd. So, I mean, that's like a week away. It's a week and two days away. So, to me, like, I understand that that's not real football. It's kind of like the kickoff of the preseason. There's a little bit of a gap there. But, I mean, dude, next Thursday, you will be able to turn on the TV and watch a form of NFL football. So, that's why I've always kind of felt like when training camp starts, the season starts, news gonna start, it's, it's going to start flying all up in your face. and um, you know, you're just going to have legitimate things to talk about. However, the one thing I would like to say, and this is coming from somebody who's gone to, I lost count, maybe three, four, maybe five training camps. However many Kyle Shanahan's been a part of, I'm pretty sure I've gone to every Kyle Shanahan training camp. Uh, I did go to uh, a training camp before Kyle Shanahan, but uh, it was only like one or two days because uh, Chris Biederman was was showing me the ropes. Um, but I will caution you to remember that everybody sees these practices differently. Everybody sees something different. And yes, there are 
beat reporters that tend to lean one way or the other when it comes to certain players. Certainly not throwing any names out there. It's just, and it, I may even lean one way or another when it came to watching the things I saw. But inevitably, people see things differently. Um, what one person saw as a 40-yard deep catch and you know pass and throw, somebody saw a Nick Bosa sack that can happen because we're in training camp. Um, but they let the play go on anyways, and then they threw the, you know, there's stuff like that that gets ignored or glossed over or missed all the time. So in terms of, and really what I'm trying to tell you is to don't overreact to anything, whether it's good or bad. Now, if you're reading about Jimmy Garoppolo throwing five interceptions in a single practice almost consecutively from basically every beat reporter, then that's something we're like, damn, that's crazy. Jimmy Garoppolo went on to have a great season, I believe, by the way. So not necessarily worth overreacting in the first place, but there's always going to be things that are interpreted, said, exaggerated in, in, in when it comes to the news from training camp. So my advice to you is don't overreact to anything. And just kind of take it all in. Take a mental note of things. Don't freak out. Trey Lance has a great practice. Don't automatically assume he's pushing Brock Purdy for the starting job. And the inverse, if Brock Purdy has a a bad practice. And we'll get to that. Yes, I did say if Brock Purdy has a bad practice. Don't assume that he's under pressure. Like It's just, it is what it is. I would, if I were a coach, I would encourage players, and, and they do get encouraged to do this, by the way, to take chances, to make throws that you're not sure you can make, to try to make a pre-snap read that ends up being wrong, uh, all kinds of stuff. It's practice. Not to mention practice against one of the NFL's best offenses for the defense and practice against one of the NFL's best defenses for the offense. So it's each one of these units has the ability to make the other look silly at any given time. So there's just no point to reacting to anything Maybe if something becomes consistent or repeated, but, and I'm not trying to sound too dramatic or or like a hater or anything like that. Again, there's probably things that I missed and, and and have said in the past that were just a little inaccurate because I didn't see something or because I was just a little too excited about a certain player. But just kind of like, don't get too up or down about any news you hear. It's it's constantly evolving. It's constantly changing. Players do stuff in training camp that they're not used to doing or, you know, in a season and that they might not want to try themselves. And you're also dealing with two units that are very familiar with each other. So it's just something fun and it's something to definitely pay attention to, but don't just get too wrapped up into it. I don't want anybody all upset because Rockbury has a couple bad practices like I mean, Brock Purdy barely got any practice last training camp, and he was still balling out by the end of the season. So um, just be 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 happy that training camp is here. I mean, I am. I love it. I'm going to do my best to get out there. Um, but this year's a little different. You know, like I said a couple of pods ago, the uh, wife's pregnant, and I need to be here for her and taking care of her. And, you know, if it comes to moving something, lifting something heavy, making a meal or two, all that stuff. Uh, I, I need to be here for her. So we'll see. We'll see how, how it works out. I'm certainly not blaming her for the reason I'm not going. I'm also still in the summer school grind, remember, teacher. And I'm also coaching my football team. So 
not exactly easy thing to step away from, but we'll see. I'll see if I can get out there for you guys. So today, I'm just going to run through some news. Um, a lot. Uh, John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan met with the uh, met with the media today. Uh, players met with the media. Some things were announced. Some things were talked about. Let's go through it. I'm not planning on it being a long pod. I'll be back on here later this week, breaking down the first couple of practices and the things we're hearing about. So let's get started. First things first. Brock Purdy has been cleared for practice. He, from a medical standpoint, Brock Purdy's been completely cleared to play. Now, in conjunction with the doctors, the 49ers have decided to take it easy, to ease him in. But as far as his recovery from his shoulder injury, well, more elbow injury than shoulder. As far as that recovery goes, he's been completely cleared. And he is ahead of schedule. Um, he was about two months into a three-month ramp-up period before he was supposed to get fully cleared. They think he's good now. Um, John Lynch said they just put him through a couple days of kind of more intense workouts, and he passed with flying colors. And so Brock Purdy has been officially cleared before the start of training camp. Now, the 49ers have already said, Lynch and Shanahan, that they're going to put him on an, on an easier schedule than the other players. Here's how training camp typically works. No matter what day of the week it is, it's usually three practices three practices on, one practice off. Three practices on, one practice off. Usually, you know, the practice before the day off is a little longer because they're getting a day off. Um, the first practice back is usually a little, you know, they kind of just ramp up and back down, ramp up and back down. Well, according to, I believe it was Lynch that said it, Purdy is supposed to practice on a two-day one-off um, rhythm. So Purdy will practice for two days and then take one day off. And the way that aligns with training camp is what they're really doing, and I think it's smart, is they're practicing Purdy for two days and then he's going to get two days off. Because remember, training camp in general goes three days on, one day off. So Purdy will end up being you know, participating fully in practices for two days and then having two days off and then two days on two days off. That also gives John Lynch, you know, and Kyle Shanahan a chance to evaluate the other quarterbacks being Trey Lance, Sam Darnold and Brandon Allen. So, I mean, everything they said today is, is impressive. It is impressive to me that Purdy was able to work his way back from this injury this quickly. Um, Lynch and Shanahan were asked, about Purdy's arm strength and whether they could see a difference in his velocity and if that's improved or if it's still working its way up or not improved but matched what he was capable of beforehand. And Lynch said that they used GPS for even a, a quarterback's throwing velocity, which makes sense. And according to that GPS, uh, there was no velocity that was lost. Kyle Shanahan made the – I think I made this joke earlier. Um, I want to say with, with KP or somebody. Um, Kyle Shanahan joked about the fact that they were hoping that Brock Purdy would have, you know, kind of a rookie of the year moment where he broke his arm and then when it healed, he ended up having the strongest arm in the world. So unfortunately, it doesn't sound like that happened. Purdy's arm sounds like it's back to usual. But the big news here is, is that Purdy is cleared to practice. And you're talking about, at one point, the the plan, the idea, the expectation was for Purdy to be ready maybe just a couple of weeks before the start of the regular season. And then you weren't even sure if the 49ers would feel comfortable throwing Purdy in there week one. So you almost 
assumed that there would be at least be a couple weeks where either Lance or Darnold was taking the reins. But now with Purdy cleared so soon, not only are we expecting him to start week one, but we're expecting him to partake in a huge chunk of training camp. Like they said, Kyle Shanahan also said that he expects about two weeks before they lift any and all caution and restriction on Purdy, which would be that he'd be partaking in the three practices on one practice off typical training camp schedule. So it's good news. Now, moving this forward, it's going to be one thing to see how Brock Purdy performs in training camp, how he builds that relationship with the starters. When he's healthy, Shanahan said he would be taking first reps with the ones, you know, with the quote unquote starters. And keep in mind that even when the starters are out there, there's still a heavy rotation, uh, basically every position. There might be receivers that during a game would not be one of the ones, but they're out there now because players are constantly getting evaluated. You know, that's the entire point of training camp is to prepare the season and evaluate these players so you can decide what your best 53-man roster is. So there's going to be times where, uh, you know, maybe the first receivers out there are Juwan Jennings and Ray Ray McLeod uh, because they just want to see get those guys a few more reps. There's not a whole lot of evaluation going on when it comes to Brandon Ayuk and Debo Samuel. So a lot of times the ones are a different group of players. Same thing can be said for running backs. Usually the offensive linemen sort of stay with their group, but they rotated before. So this is now opening the door for how many reps does Purdy get with the ones? Does he get them all? And what does Kyle Shanahan throw towards Lance and Darnold? Who gets more reps with the ones there, if any? Uh, who's leading that competition and, and who's going to be the backup. I would now look in no way. Do I think the 49ers should just be absolved of their, of the fact that they, you know, gave up what essentially amounts to three first round picks and a third round pick in exchange for Trey Lance. I don't necessarily think the 49ers should be let off the hook when it comes to that trade. As of right now, Lance is not really in the starting picture. It's not impossible, but it just doesn't seem likely, and I think that's fair to say. So I'm never going to say that the 49ers should kind of be forgiven of that because by all intents and purposes, they got pretty lucky with Brock Purdy. That sort of thing just doesn't happen very often. You guys have heard it all last year about what seventh-round picks and Mr. Relevance just don't do. But at the same time, I would just caution everybody to like look at these look at this quarterback situation as starter and backups you know like would it obviously bode better for the 49ers if Lance were able to win that backup job obviously and maintain as much of his value as he can moving forward and you know for him to win that job that means he beat out Darnold which means there was a certain level of skill on display And it also means that if another team suffers a quarterback injury, the 49ers might be who they call. And the 49ers might get an offer for somebody like Lance that they just can't turn down. But I don't, I I just, at this point, like, yes, you would wish that the guy that they gave so much draft capital up for was not competing for a backup job and heavily competing for the starting job. But that just doesn't seem to be the case right now. So I, for myself, am not going to get too caught up in the fact that Yes, the 49ers gave up a lot for Lance. But in reality, I mean, not necessarily reality, 
the end goal is to come away with a starting quarterback. And would you want that starting quarterback to be the one that you gave up that draft capital for? Yes, absolutely, unquestioning. But if Brock Purdy's that guy, does it matter? It does and it doesn't. It's just there's so many intertwining little factors here. I'm going to spend less time thinking about the fact that they gave up a lot for Lance and more thinking about the fact that what is their best three quarterbacks going to be going into the season? And if that's not Lance and he's not in that, you know, if he's the third quarterback and he's edged out by Darnold, then yeah, that looks bad. You gave up a lot of picks for him and I'm not never going to absolve the 49ers of that responsibility. But at the same time, you just kind of have to focus more on the idea that this team deserves a good starter and whoever that is, it is what it is. But, it just seems like a lot of people focus continually grind themselves to pieces on the fact that, but they gave up someone for much for Trey Lance. Yes, they did. And that is unfortunate, but at some point you got to kind of move on. That's kind of the responsibility of John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan to look at things objectively and say, okay, this might not have worked out. We're not there yet. Trey Lance could absolutely still work out. It would just shock everybody, but you can't just, it's called the sunk cost. You know, you're worried about so much. You're worried so much about what you've already given up that it paralyzes you into doing something else. So everyone, you know, when it comes to following that organization is hoping for the sake of the 49ers that Lance is definitively the backup and can maybe give Purdy a nudge in the right direction in terms of competition. But we just don't know yet. We don't know yet. But obviously the worst case scenario would be that he can't even beat out Darnold And now the 49ers have a third-string quarterback that they paid a lot for. But just something to keep an eye on. In terms of videos, we will start to see videos, I'm assuming, maybe as soon as tomorrow. Uh, Purdy's not expected to practice tomorrow, I believe Kyle Shanahan said. But I'm going to take you back to the situation, to the time when us as as media could not talk to or photograph or video Jimmy Garoppolo, who was 50 yards behind us throwing on the side workout field. But all the fans sitting right next to that workout field could. So there is a good chance that if Purdy has any sort of a throwing workout tomorrow, you may see some videos from fans about it. So as far as videos of Purdy throwing, not yet, but they're probably coming soon. Just checking my notes, making sure I haven't left anything out from this Purdy cleared for camp discussion. Um, I mean, things are going to start getting really interesting with this entire quarterback group uh, when the 49ers start their open practices with the Raiders and with that first preseason game against the Raiders. So be on the lookout for that. I'm going to try and get you a hard date for when they start those practices with the Raiders, but... You know, when you start talking about that first preseason game and how those reps are going to be split and whether or not they want Purdy to get any of them or if it's just going to be a half for Lance, a half for Darnold, all that stuff, that's when you're really going to start to get some clarity with this quarterback situation. So I'll kind of Google this as I'm talking, and we'll figure that out. But that's kind of when we're going to start seeing a little more definitive answers when it comes to who's kind of the highest in the pecking order on those quarterbacks. 
Uh, another big news, and, and I would also, I'm, I'm trying to be the voice of reason here, if hopefully I'm being reasonable, but the next biggest headline is, maybe the biggest, is Nick Bosa is holding out uh, until he gets a new contract. Uh, he has not, he did not report for training camp today. He will not be practicing. Both Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch said they didn't expect him to practice. He wasn't going to be here. And in no way was any of this said with any sort of malcontent. It sounded very much like everybody expected it to play out this way. Would they have liked to have had the deal done by now? Yes, absolutely. But it's not, there's, there's nothing to panic about here. Of course, the NFL media being what it is, you know, all you, all you saw was, oh, Nick Bosa holding out until new contract can get signed. And that is exactly what's happening. But it's always written in a way that it seems as if like things might not work out. That's not the case here. The 49ers and Nick Bosa are absolutely going to work this out. The expectation is 100% that it will be worked out. This is just the way it is. Nick Bosa is not going to come to practice and knock on wood, suffer some sort of an injury before this contract is signed during negotiations that derails the entire thing. It's just not going to happen. It's not smart business. The 49ers wouldn't even prefer that because then they'd have to deal with, you know, do we continue with negotiations? Do we just let him play out his fifth year option just to see how he does? And then we could sign him after that. It just would be a mess for everybody. So the expectation is Nick Bosa will, I I, I haven't gotten any indication he's going to hold in, meaning report and just hang out. I He's probably just going to stay out of the building, and I don't think anybody has a problem with that, whether it's John Lynch, Kyle Shanahan, anybody in that front office. I don't think anybody has a problem with Nick Bosa holding out until the contract gets settled. Um, I believe they're supposed to put on pads like Friday. Usually they do three practices, Wednesday, Thursday. Yeah, it could be. It depends on they have this ramp-up period where they're, they're only allowed to do it after a certain point. It would it wouldn't surprise me if Nick Bosa's contract extension was a deadline to get that thing done was right around when they put the training pads with training pads pads on. So just something to keep an eye on. Maybe that's something to look to. But the point overall point is there's no reason to be alarmed. Everybody seemed optimistic. I don't think there's any reason to just panic. It's all they're just working through the details. And when I mean details, I mean the percentage of the money that's guaranteed and how that factors into the 49ers long-term salary cap equation. I mean, if you're talking total guaranteed, I can organize uh, over the cap spreadsheet by that. TJ Watt has the biggest total guaranteed. His contract total was $112 million at an average per year at 28 million. And he had 80 million of that guaranteed. That's 71% of the contract. So you're looking at a number bigger than that. So the you know, maybe the 49ers want to guarantee 90 million on a 130 million Well, I mean, if you look at total value, Khalil Mack got 141 million, Joey Bosa got 137 million. You've got 23 an average of 23.5 million for Khalil Mack. An average of 27. I think Joey Bosa's contract is probably the the marker here, but I think Nick Bosa is going to get over 32 million dollars a year. You know, 32 times 
five is well over 150. I mean, that's $160 million, I believe, right off my, my bad math. Remember, our teacher. So that would put him well above, you know, that would probably put the guarantee at right around $100 million, maybe more. So there are huge numbers here. And all of these numbers play into the 49ers' future strategy when it comes to managing the salary cap. So they're just dancing around these numbers. I can guarantee you, knowing is, no one is talking about this contract as if there's a chance that it's not going to happen. That is how organizations fall apart. That is how people get fired. Look, there are some players that you just don't let leave. I mean, and Nick Bosa is one of them. You're talking about the defensive player of the year. And even if somebody came along and they were like, hey, we will offer you our next four first-round picks for Nick Bosa, you still don't say yes because the odds of finding a player anywhere near Nick Bosa's caliber with any of those four first-round picks or any of them combined are extremely slim. And you just don't let players like that walk out of the building. That's where the 49ers are. They're going to get this contract done at this point. It's just about the numbers and how they add up for Nick Bosa's side and how they add up for the 49ers side. It's not, there are no alarms ringing at any decibel whatsoever. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. I, I hope that offers you a little bit of comfort. Obviously, this is just me speaking, little old Rob in Central California, but 
I could promise you the 49ers and Nick Bosa are going to work it out. And it'll probably be sooner than later. On a more positive, humorous note, it sounds like Kyle Shanahan and Debo Samuel are exchanging shirtless picks. I don't know about exchanging, but Kyle Shanahan is definitely receiving shirtless picks from Devo Samuel, who seems destined to right the wrongs that he believe he he wrote last year, when which according to him was inexcusable, put way too much bad play on tape. Kyle Shanahan didn't seem nearly as concerned, but he did like the idea that Debo Samuel was holding himself accountable. But in order to prove to Kyle Shanahan that Debo Samuel was getting in great shape throughout the offseason. Apparently, he was sending shirtless pictures to Kyle Shanahan. And from the sound of it, Kyle Shanahan didn't ask for them, but he was getting them. And so from the and, and also from Kyle Shanahan's reaction, it sounds like Debo Samuel is indeed in great shape. So if you want to know how that relationship goes, it's very strong, to say the least. Very strong. It's a big year for Debo Samuel. We talked about this on the pod just a couple episodes ago. Um, The 49ers are, they got a lot of money thrown around in positions. Let's jump over to the 2024 cap number. Um, Debo's cap number this year is only 8.6 million. There's nothing wrong with that. But if you jump to next season in 2024, Debo Samuel's cap number is 28.5 million looking at, at kind of how the, the cuts would add up. But so, I mean, that is an extraordinary amount of money and it's an extraordinary amount of money for a player who's surrounded by talent. So it's a big year for Debo to prove that he is still that $28 million player, which I believe he is. He's going to have to do it in spite of whatever heroics Christian McCaffrey is going to put out there and Brandon Ayuk. So he's got to find a way. I mean, think about what, Debo Samuel does. He's a threat in the air and he's a threat on the ground. And he's usually a threat closer to the line of scrimmage. He's going to make a couple guys miss and he's going to score. However many yards there are left to, to run. And that's the same thing that kind of, if you combine Christian McCaffrey and Brandon, Ayuk's roles, you're looking at Debo Samuel. Obviously Brandon, Ayuk operates on the more of the intermediate and deep side of the field. But when it comes to passes, He's competing with George Kittle. I mean, think about it. I mean, when it comes to passes, Debo Samuel's competing against Christian McCaffrey, George Kittle, and Brandon Ayuk because they all are a huge part of the passing game. So it's a big year for Debo to prove that he is still that cornerstone of the 49ers offense like he was when they made that run to uh, to the Super Bowl. So definitely an interesting dynamic. And I'm in no way saying that Debo's job's in jeopardy, but they're making come a time sooner than later when this team's looking at Brandon Ayuk and Debo Samuel and saying, do we need to choose between the two? Hopefully they don't, but it's a big year for Debo. I think it's a big camp for Debo in terms of more in terms of staying healthy and, and being entirely ready for week one than it is like proving what he can do. Everybody knows what he can do, but if he can get through training camp healthy, go into week one, and start putting together those big play touches that we know he's capable of, then things are all right for Debo. So in the meantime, he's going to keep taking them picks and sending them to Shanahan. On a more, I guess, less less positive news, 
Uh, 49ers punter Mitch Wisnowski was placed on the non-football injury list, meaning he had an injury that was that happened outside the building, and apparently he was um, lifting at somewhere outside the building, tweaked his back, and the 49ers are just being careful with it. They said they don't think, feel like they need to bring in a, a, a replacement punter or anything. They just feel like they're going to give him time. Given it's a back injury, a tweak is what I believe Lynch called it. They're not going to rush it. They don't want things like that to become a chronic issue where Mitch is constantly dealing with back issues. I mean, how many how many people do you know that deal with chronic back issues and how much that impacts their quality of life? So 49ers are going to give Mitch Wish some time to uh, to heal that up. Um, they, in the meantime, they signed veteran free agent cornerback Terrence Mitchell. And the reason they did that was because uh, Ricky for, rookie Fifth round corner Darrell Luter was placed on the physically unable to perform list. That means the injury happened at the facility. Uh, they said at the end of the offseason program, he hyperextended his knee, which also uh, gave him some sort of a bone bruise. And they're giving him time to for that to heal up. In the meantime, they will be utilizing the services of veteran corner Terrence Marshall, who's been in the league for quite some time. Uh, one, two, three, four, five, six seven, eight years, um, two with Kansas City, three with Cleveland, and the last two with Houston and Tennessee. Um, played in a lot of games. Since 2017, he's played in 15, 8, 15, 6, 14, and 11 games. Not necessarily somebody that you're expecting to compete for a starting role, but he's a veteran veteran for agent that maybe in the right situation can be relied upon. But you really don't want to go any further than, than that. Obviously, the 49ers want to have Darrell Luter back. Um, he's a late round draft pick. He's not somebody that's guaranteed a roster spot. The 49ers are going to want to see what he can do because things are going to really come down to the water when it water down to the wire when it comes to roster spots. And we're going to get into that. Uh, we still got some, some positions we need to cover when it comes to our, our roster breakdown, but we need to get into the, 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 the players and the positions that are going to have heated roster battles or those last couple spots. And there's a few. And we can go over some players that are at risk too. So just to kind of recap recap that, 49ers punter Mitch Wisnowski, he's on the non-football injury list. Um, they're just giving his time time for his back to, to cool off. And he should be back. Not a serious injury. Um, cornerback Ter- Terrence Mitchell was signed in his place. And that was kind of to reinforce the group after losing rookie cornerback Darrell Luter. Um, another storyline that popped up throughout the week was Robbie Gold was finally talking. I can't remember who he talked to. I should know that. See if I can uh, I can pull it up while I'm talking. But Robbie Gold finally uh, put some comments out there, and he said that he uh, he wanted to return to the 49ers. He would have loved to have gone back, but that offer was never made. So let me see. Speaking to Matt Mayoko during the American Century Championship. So as always, shout out to Matt Mayoko from NBC Sports Bay Area. Great dude. Um, Gould told Mayoko that I would have loved to have gone back. I told him I wanted to go back, but we never got an offer from the team and we never had a conversation about coming back. So it sounds like the 49ers were set on moving on from Robbie Gould and I mean, if you if you had to if I had to offer you guys a reason as to why that happened, I would say it's probably purely from a contract standpoint. And I know that you can usually get a kicker for three, four, five million. 
Um, the 49ers did not feel like they could afford that with Gould anymore. And given how these contracts, you know, the, given the contracts that are coming up, um, the Nick Bosa's that's about to come through, the Brandon Ayuk's, you know, et cetera. Every dollar is going to count for the 49ers and how close they're going to be tucked up next to the salary cap. So all I have to say about that is uh, Jake Moody, the 49ers rookie third round kicker, better be good because Robbie Gould was one of those rare kickers that when he went out there to make a, to attempt a kick, you expected him to make it. Not every team has that. Maybe a th- a third of the league has that maybe even less. How many, you know, I'd have to go through obviously and look at the list of kickers and how they did last year, but I can't see there being that many teams that had a kicker that they felt like was nails in, in all situations. And that's how Gould was. Uh, Robbie Gould's probably a hall of fame kicker, you know, one of the best to ever do it. And yeah, he was getting, excuse me, older in age, but Sounds like he wanted to come back. The 49ers did not uh, care to extend that offer. And now they're going with rookie Michigan kicker Jake Moody. So we'll see. Pressure's on him. Last but certainly not least, the 49ers are going to... I'll rephrase that. All the drama that even I was making about Jimmy Garoppolo's murky health situation with the Raiders has apparently been solved. He has passed his physical, which is actually fairly big news for the 49ers. And I'm going to credit um, friend of the pod, should be co-host, not the co-host, frequent guest. Always love to throw the shade towards his uh, his employer with a less than stellar reputation. The 49ers get to keep a third round pick that if Jimmy Garoppolo didn't pass his physical would immediately kind of tie him to the 49ers, given that he needs to be able to pass that physical in order to officially leave the team. A a failed physical is really the only thing that could get his contract to revert back to the 49ers, at least for the time being. And via Kyle Posey, through over the cap, here's what would have happened. Okay, The 49ers are getting two... I don't want to say this too quickly. The 49ers were slated to get two third-round compensatory picks. One... For Jimmy Garoppolo, one for Mike McGlinchey. The signing of, because compensatory picks are offset. So your income, you know, gets balanced against your outgoing. So Jimmy Garoppolo's third round compensatory pick was canceled out by the signing of Javon Hargrave. Meaning the 49ers would get one third round compensatory pick. If Jimmy Garoppolo failed that physical, and he would no longer be signing with the Raiders. They would no longer be getting that third-round compensatory pick. I think he would revert back to their books in some way or another via those injury guarantees. And the Javon Hargrave signing would then cancel out Mike McGlinchey's third-round pick. So the 49ers would go from a third-round pick, a third, two-fifths, and a sixth in terms of compensatory picks to a fifth, two-fifths, and a sixth. So the thirds would completely wipe themselves out because there would no longer be a Jimmy Garoppolo and the Javon Hargrave signing would then cancel out Mike McGlinchey's. So the fact that Mike um, Jimmy Garoppolo has passed his physical is great for the 49ers and it gives him another third-round pick going into next year's draft. That is the projection per over the camp, over the cap. Said that like I was from Boston. 
where we packed the can, the yad. So that's the story. That's the story. So Jimmy Garoppolo passing his physical with the Raiders. He's going to be full go for training camp, which means we will see Jimmy Garoppolo against the 49ers defense in the open practices later in the summer. So that'll be fun. It'll be Brock Purdy versus Jimmy Garoppolo. All right. I think that's the bulk of the big news. Let me look through. I'm just kind of perusing through my tabs, my notes, but that's pretty much it. And I think that's a nice solid slate for the start of training camp. I'm going to jump back on here Thursday in the evening to be published Friday morning. Uh, We should have two practices to go off of. Uh, I'm going to see if I can get a guest in here for you guys, somebody that was watching practices, but that is to be determined. Um, We'll see. I said like to be determined. That's kind of TBD determined. Anyways, sorry. I'm, I'm just, I'm losing it. Thank you, everybody, for listening to the Strike and Gold podcast. Thank you for being an integral part of this podcast's success. I appreciate you. But as always, every episode must come to an end. And for now, I'm Rob. This is Strike and Gold, and we are signing out.